This podcast is brought to you by sarahraven.com, which is home to everything you need for a truly beautiful and productive garden. You'll also find great and essential gardening kit and stylish, lovely things to have in your house to bring the outside indoors, all inspired by the garden and the house being tied together. There's also plenty of garden inspiration, how-to videos and specialist growing guides. So head over to sarahraven.com today to discover even more. Welcome to Grow, Cook, Eat, Arrange with me, Arthur Parkinson and Sarah Raven. And today I'm delighted to be talking to Sarah about her new book, which is A Year Full of Pots. And I'm not surprised Sarah's written this book because there are 382 pots, I believe, at Perch Hill, all full of inspiration, which is shared with us all. And I've been lucky enough to know the garden at Perch Hill now for quite a while. And it's been really amazing actually seeing how Sarah, Josie and Adam and the garden team have kind of made gorgeous daisy chains of pots throughout all the different areas of the garden. It's been really lovely to to notice the growth of the pots. And I've been looking at, at Sarah's Year Full of Pots book. And as somebody who just gardens mainly in pots, I'm kind of bowled over by the amount of pots in the book and the amount I'm learning So Sarah, I just wondered if you could tell me what made you want to write about pots as opposed to gardening in the ground. (laughs) Yes. Well, I've been definitely inspired by you and Josie, I would say. So I've known Arthur now for 10 or 12 years. And I remember, first of all, going to his garden in Stoke-on-Trent at the Emma Bridgewater Ceramics Factory. And I walked into the courtyard there and some of it is in quite sort of functional pots like dustbins and water troughs and things, as well as a massive raised bed in the middle of the courtyard. And so there are two areas. There's a courtyard area and then at the back of the shop, there's, there's, a, there's a very much a sort of container garden. And the beauty and the jewel-like quality that Arthur had in his pots was just absolutely staggering, just really incredible. So I felt very inspired by that. And we've grown pots here now for 30 years, for sure. But I tended to have like Cosmos Sonata White or Adelia, whatever. And I hadn't done so much about combining and, and thinking carefully about things, almost like a living flower arrangement. But a flower arrangement lasts a week. And the pots last three or four months, hopefully, sometimes even longer. And so if you get the combinations right, you've got this living, breathing thing of beauty, which just is such a life enhancement. And luckily then when Josie joined us 12, 15 years ago, I can't remember now, she is mad about pots. So we then combined my sort of color understanding and, and sort of passion And I've always used this in floristry, this rule of bride, which is the biggest sort of most sumptuous flower that I want to pick in the garden. Bridesmaid, which is the same color as the bride who backs her up and doesn't compete with her. And then really all importantly, I think, some color contrast, which I call a gatecrasher. So bride, bridesmaid, gatecrasher. So the sumptuous flower, the little flower in the same color, and then color contrast in the gatecrasher. And in a bunch of flowers, I would do 
the first two, bride and bridesmaid, would would make three quarters at least, and then just the final quarter would be a sprinkling of the gatecrasher. Anyway, that was one rule that completely underlies the whole garden here. And then Josie taught me this other system. She came from a garden centre background, and when new plants came in, when she was sort of setting them out on the garden centre trolleys, she always thought about their form. And so their form was rather like the bride. It's what she called her thriller. And that was the sort of, wow, look at that. That's the thing that's really going to steal the show. And then with that, she would often put something lighter and area, almost like a grass, to sort of fill the space between the big, perhaps a little bit blocky flowers. And that's called a thriller. And then because we have so many big pots here, we also want some tall climbers, um, even if they're annual climbers, and we call that the pillar. And then also because quite a lot of our pots are made from aluminium or, or, or steel or whatever, you know, they're metal. So you want to hide that a bit and soften it. So we then have the spiller that comes out the side. So overlaying these two rules of the color combination with form, you get something in a pot that is rather splendid. And we've now been doing this for 12 or 15 years. And so we both, Josie and I, felt that we really wanted to collect all the photographs that we've done with Jonathan Buckley over the years and then collect it into a book taking you through and showing you that there's something wonderful that you can have to look at, smell, feel, really from January, February, which is the first chapter, right through to November, December, which is the final chapter. So that's rather a long-winded answer, Arthur, why I decided to do it. <laughs> but you, you, you totally, completely fall down the rabbit hole once you start to flick through this book, because what's in it is a lot of descriptions and combinations of your beloved palettes, the, the four palettes that you've... Yes that you fine tune, you know, most weeks I'd imagine you're putting new colours into these four palettes. The palette one is the dark and rich, you know, gorgeous Venetian classic tones that I think a lot of people associate you with. But then we move into the the boiled sweet, a little bit of Willy Wonka. And then we've got the most difficult, although I don't think you find it difficult anymore, the soft and warm, which is a more modern palette, but you've made it your own. And then the final is, is... probably more difficult actually the soft and cool yeah which combines blue which i know you you find a bit more tricky than than I other do. tones yeah and then what i love is is you you write about mixing the colors which i think people find really difficult and there's a most lovely photo of you in these gorgeous jelly top candles um yes of you of you mixing different tones and the whole book really takes your hand and guides you through that doesn't you don't forget that and then exactly as you've said with with the Josie, the the form, the spillers, the frillers, the hearts and horizons like we do in the vase. Yeah. And then I, I just love that it takes you. I mean, this book really is a follow on from, I think, Year Full of Flowers, but it's more detail on the recipes. And for, for me, as someone who gardens in pots, what I found really useful was you've done lists. I think it's page 82 quantities of what to sow and also you're honest on what to maybe order in as a a growing plant which I found really useful I mean I've got a bit better at doing that but as a beginner gardener you you often sow far too much and you you know I sow a lot less now because I've learned from you and Josie that actually you don't cram your pots you you let things grow Mm. and fill out and then everything's more healthy Mm. and less stressed if it's if it's competing with with one another yeah Well, I really want it to be like a cookery book in a way, you know, Mm. 
people are intimidated if they don't have the how-to, you know, and I, and I, I just felt that so strongly that I've been doing POTS uh, for such a long time now and with so many, I say at the beginning that I've got all this volume of POTS and I say it's not as a boast, it's because I hope that allows you to see that I can speak with some authority about them just because, mm. you know, each year here, I suppose, between April and May, we maybe get 220-ish, I don't know, something like that, different plants that come in that we're going to trial for containers. You know, whether they be more compact dahlias or whether they be like a fuchsia that you and I talked about recently, like dying embers or, you know, anyway, and we won't necessarily know them. So uh, it's then putting them together and that's where the palettes really help us, which is at least if we know what color it is, and what its form is, as well as its size, we can then pretty confidently mix it with others and know pretty confidently what it's going to end up looking like. I mean, we have had many that haven't worked or, or, or we didn't think were quite beautiful enough. And of course, they won't have made this book. But yeah, I mean, it is absolutely rammed with photos. Uh, I mean, I think there's something like 700 photographs, certainly this yeah. um, <laughs> 70 to 80,000 words. So it's quite a tome. But uh, yeah, I'm very, I am really pleased with it. And um, Bloomsbury published it again. And it's the third one in our series of a year full of, following on for a year full of flowers, a year full of veg, and this one a year full of pots. And what, what I'd say about the photos, I love how, and I think, you, I know you will have taken a long time doing this, as you go from up close like a bee or a butterfly going into these pots, and then you come out and away. And what I think anyone looking through this book will learn is how to stage pots and how to use the garden table and anything yes. really that's a raised platform to to create a stage and a drama by using pots and that's something that I know you love doing all the time. I've been in the van with you Very or the much. car many a time and you've suddenly put the brakes on because you've seen an antique shop yeah. or, or something for sale in someone's garden or something chucked out by someone's, you know, dustbin saying, please take. Yeah. And that is how you, you create so many gorgeous visions at Perch Hill. And it's also about materials, isn't it? You know, you, we go from terracotta to old water troughs to yeah. old sinks and yeah. and and new, you know, new pots, old pots. And that's what I think I like the most about this book. It's not just here's an old water trough because I'm I've got a farm. You know, anybody who, whether you're in the city or in the countryside, whether you've got a big or small garden, through through looking at the photographs, I think you you will be inspired. And also what I think's really useful is you go from full on sun to shade and you do that very helpfully for, for anybody. Oh, good. Particularly for someone like me, you know, I've, my garden is, isn't really full sun anymore. Mm. So I've learned a lot through, through reading, particularly the shady bits. Mm, yeah. No, I, I, I think, um, I'm very proud of those bits where, do, do you know they were a really last minute addition? I just suddenly, mm. I found myself making a list of plants that are good in pots for shade because, course lots of people have shady gardens and so I suddenly started thinking oh I'm going to do that as a list and then that got me that got me going so the poor editor who I work with Zina Alkayat who's just done such a great job with this book I rang her up or emailed her saying oh can do you think we could slot in a, a section on nice pot plants for scent nice good container plants for drought good container plants for pollinators good container plants for shade as we talked about and then finally the best for the longest flowering so those who are just so super busy and just want something to start flowering in June and go on flowering till November there's a section on those so yeah I really enjoy doing because they're really hard working I mean I suppose in a way they're like articles 
you know, that you might write for a magazine or whatever, just with lists of, of the things that have excelled here. But I really, I wanted to make it both, I hope, inspirational with the wonderful Jonathan Buckley pictures, but also really, really practical and hand-holding for beginners and more advanced gardeners alike. Yeah, it, I mean, it definitely is. I love the fact that you've got throughout the year paragraphs on dismantling the pots and then pot toppers and things that, you know, a photo can't tell everything, can it? I think yeah. that's the thing with pots. Unlike just, you know, a garden shot, you, people do need to know, well, how do you get that combination so things aren't crowding each other out? And when do I plant those bulbs underneath that? So, you know, it's 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 hand-holding, brilliant advice. And I, I love the fact there's so many photos of you gardening as well. I just wish there was one photo of you sitting and enjoying the garden, but never mind. Oh, good point. <laughs> I'll do that in the next book, which I'm about to start. There's a lovely photo of you holding paper whites, which is very gorgeous and glamorous. Oh, yes. <laughs> So, yeah, the last thing that um, I suppose I wanted to highlight was how much I am, I know I've mentioned it, but indebted to you and Josie for the aesthetics and for the practical side of it, which is that the Dutch Yard, which anyone who's been here to Perch Hill, it's on the north face of the house. So traditionally, lots of places that you might see where they've designed their gardens might have perhaps box or even some U-shapes or... Um, anyway, sort of topiary to give it form and structure, even in the shade, or perhaps hostage hydrangeas. But Adam, uh, my husband, and uh, a great friend of ours, who's a garden designer, Pitt Morrison, they said, no, why don't we brick that area and mainly make it over to pots? And because of you and, and Josie that I knew both, I had aesthetic inspiration, and I knew with Josie's incredible green fingers and knowledge of horticulture, we could achieve it. And so we now have 72 pots in just that area in the peak of summer. A lot of them, like you say, raised on tables, just knackered old ex-metal cafe tables. And we also have a wellhead there uh, made from brick. And so that raises some things up. And so whether it's when I walk out of the door as Narcissus start in March, through tulips in April, into... The, the sort of mid-season things like violas in May and then on to Nemesius in June and then perhaps sweet peas and even some container roses in July and, of course, the beginning of the dahlias and then on to things like tumbergias, chocolate cosmos, cetarias, verbenas, you know, all those things right the way through uh, and epimeres, etc., until our first frost comes. And... Um, you know, so taking us well into the winter. And then again, you know, a few things poking up from, from then on. So like early in the year, we have already little iris poking up, little crocus. But all concentrated in that area is so wonderful. And we do have pots, particularly big pots elsewhere. But it's that, when we created that garden, that's what made me really want to make this book because we've got shots done by Jonathan all the way through the year of that particular area. So it's the Dutch Yard, you, Josie, Adam and Pitt Morrison, who really have, have inspired this book. Mm. And I, I love the fact that your your favourite thing in the world, the dahlia, you've devoted 20 pages to it, I counted. <laughs> um, and I, I just love the fact that they are, they're, they're, they're not the heart of this book, actually, because there's so much accompanying them. But, um, you know, I think the the lovely thing about your pots is, Yes, they are to look at, but you can still harvest from them too. I know that's very yeah. close to your heart. Yeah. And also, 
the the pollinator creating a wildlife reserve wherever you are yeah. is completely possible by pots. And I love that, you know, you've got a lovely drought tolerant DPS with buddleias and yeah. so many beautiful bee photographs. So this is for all levels, this gardening with pots. And I think that's what's wonderful about this book. It's it's made it, I think, more accessible than ever, your garden, but you're sharing it with everybody. Mm. And that's that's oh. what I've always loved about your books. Oh, well, thank you. So Arthur. this will be um, a cherished Bible for me and I'm sure a lot of other people. It is out online, signed by Sarah, for mid-February. So earlier than other places if you want to order it. And I heartily recommend that you do. It's absolutely beautiful. So well done, Sarah, because I know you work very, very hard writing these Bibles for us all to enjoy for years to come. Oh, thank you, Arthur. Well, it was it was a lot of work, but a work of a real genuine joy doing it and working with Jonathan Buckley, the photographer too. So yes, I hope you all enjoy it as much as I have done both creating the pots and then writing about them and photographing them. Thank you. We'll all be able to pot away thanks to you. Thank you, Sarah. <laughs> thanks so much for listening to Grow Cookie to Range. Next week, we're going to, or I'm in fact, going to be joined by Arit Anderson and Henrik, and I'm really sorry he will laugh because I can't pronounce his surname. Um, it's Swedish. Anyway, they have written the most wonderful book on trees, and I cannot wait for you all to hear them waxing lyrical about not only why we should plant trees, but how to select the right tree for the right place and the whole ecosystem services thing that there's so much great research about now and what trees can do for us in a world full of climate change. You can find more information, photos and advice sheets on all the plants and recipes we talk about on this podcast by heading to the show notes or at sarahraven.com forward slash podcast.